got into a reaction pod, a very positive reaction pod, and I just want to start, actually, I'm Roy Fallow, by saying my prediction on the preview pod, 100% correct, I said it would be 1-0 to Sunderland, and we're reacting to Sunderland FC 1, Ipswich 0. Roy Fallow, as I said, joined, as ever, by Matthew Keelan. Hi. Feeling very positive, Matthew? Yeah, I got my prediction wrong. Yeah, but still, lovely circumstances to get the prediction wrong. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Happy with it. Can't be, can't be not happy with it. Well, well, most of us here. Unless you put your mortgage on it. And as, as ever as well, John, I might go Tom Flanagan for me. Well, agree. And special guest as well. We have the opposition view today as well, lads. We've got Alex, Ipswich Town fan. Alex, relatively speaking, how are you doing? <laughs> I've seen worse. I've seen better. But, yeah. <laughs> well, very much a game of two halves, lads. I'm sure we can all agree. Alex, I think, start with, with yourself. Ipswich came out first half, looking very strong and arguably should have been 1-0 up at half-time. Uh, yeah, I know. Going in at half-time, we all kind of looked at each other like that needed a goal or two. Um, but I think that's kind of summed up Ipswich over the last few games is just that clinic, being clinical in front of goals just not really there. Um, so there's always a worry when you're going into that second half without that goal lead. It's like... It, it, it's going to change and it did quite massively and after the first 10 minutes it's like, I can't see us getting back into this now was it, was it one of them where you went in at half time and you thought oh dear like we haven't like made the more like because we've several times like we've we were talking just before about when under Jack Ross in particular we've gone 1-0 up we played really really well and thought when the spell's gone and it's been like ah like you know what you knew what was going to happen was it sort of like you felt at half time that you'd missed your opportunity or were you expecting to come out again and like play it in exactly the same way yeah no, uh, definitely I um, think as soon as the whistle went I saw like next to my mates going this is brilliant like oh I've never seen him play like this before this is you know fantastic and then five ten minutes later it's like uh, actually no we've missed something here we're not going to recreate this um, and Lambert managers kind of said quite a few times in the past like we, we're not a team that's going to dominate for 90 minutes you know that, that just doesn't happen in football if you get a 45 minutes where you're going to dominate, you need to get a few goals behind you. So you kind of go in expectation. We're not going to do as well, which means we're probably not going to be scoring. And yeah, we didn't and didn't even look close to scoring, really. Well, aside from that, Mick, that second half performance, just considering how we were all texting each other in the group chat at half time, I don't think we saw that coming, did we? How, the, straight away, within a minute, we looked like a different team, didn't we? And let's give credit to Phil Parkinson, because exactly what you were saying, Matthew, about you know, those, what, what happened under Jack Ross. We seem to do the reverse under Parkinson to an extent. Let's think of the Milton Keynes-Dons game a few weeks ago. It's just full credit to the manager to do. Oh, of course. Um, I still think it's quite atypical of Sutherland under Parkinson as well, Mike, to come out so strongly in the first half after such a poor first half because I feel as if under Parkinson the feature of our game has been come out really strongly at the start of the game play with an intensity have a high press which we did against Lincoln and Wickham and executed it brilliantly and even MK Dons we still had a couple of chances in the first half we should have got in 1-0 up at half time probably in that game on the balance of play but like you say the second half was completely transformed the way we played we played with a good intensity a good energy and we've hit the post in the second half through Gooch and obviously Charlie White should follow it up and score we've hit the did we hit the crossbar as well yeah Bailey Wright hit the crossbar Bailey Wright hit the crossbar which was unfortunate so given the chances we created I was absolutely over the moon when we scored because it was absolutely the least our performance deserved and there was some really good individual performance wasn't there Matthew like George Dobson played really well I thought I think he struggled a bit first off I think that's Smith's opinion as well again in, in the group chat 
but second half he was really good and you know, Chris Maguire he's just always there isn't he like whenever Chris Maguire might and actually Alex I'd be interested like as, as an opposition fan view as well but first of all Matthew you just can't write Chris Maguire off ever can you no. even the man who likes writing players off I've not I wouldn't write oh, I'm not going to write Chris Maguire off come on never like he he loves it doesn't he like that get, like that goal was in from the moment it was laid off to him like what a strike it was as well and he absolutely lives for things like this he's the right dick isn't he right it's absolutely know, good like, you Alex, must hear yeah like, Alex as an opposition fan like I always think like Maguire's probably like kind of in that Robbie Savage mould of like oh I hate him but if he was playing for us I would love him like you watch him celebrating the goal and you must think God, he's a wanker. But like, oh God, like fair play. At the same, I don't know. No, no, that was a, it. Was a great goal. Uh, and yeah, like you said, you saw the layoff right dead center in front of goal. And I saw Salah shouting, no, 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 no. About three seconds before he took the shot and it went in. Um, but yeah, no, it was a beautiful goal. And sort of glared at him as he sort of celebrated, dived in, swan dive into the corner flag. Everyone jumped on top of him. It's just like, oh, oh. it was a really good goal. I can't hate you for that. It was, it was nice. I think, I, think, I think we made you suffer enough by having to like, describe the goal there. Um, one little oddity in the game as well. What does everyone feel about the back pass as well? Like, I thought that was just... I thought interception. That's not a back pass, is it? No, I thought it was a tackle, really. And also, he books him. Do you get booked for back pass? You get, I think if you give a back pass, you have to book him. Harsh. Not only that, I think a better piece of referee in there is if you warn the goalkeeper that it's a back pass before he picks it up rather than let him guess. I think if, yeah, you, if you're yeah, a stronger yeah. referee... Make him guess it's really funny, you make him. But no, I mean, I just thought to myself after that incident, I thought we put a lot into this second half, we played really well, created chances, and now if he's going to score from something that wasn't uh, that should not have been given, it would have really encapsulated the way that referees have been recently. Was was there appeal for that in the away end for a back pass at all, or was it a bit of a surprise, Ali? Um, as in, did I see it? See the back pass? Did, 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 did you think it was going to be given, or was it a bit of a oh? He's, he's given a back pass here. Like. I think I was just a bit stumped because it definitely, from our end, I mean, quite at the opposite end of the side of the stadium, but from our end, it definitely looked like a... <laughs> it, the darts has just started in here, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, no, from our end, it definitely looked like a back pass. It was when he scooped the pick up, it was like, hang on. And then it paused, and you're like, that happens. I, I can't remember the last time I was in a game and I saw that happen. Yeah, it, it was... Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen the back pass given. Can you remember Simon Mignolet? And that, that's how long ago it was. Just Simon Mignolet giving it. Because Larson like, tried to play the ball back. And, and like, he tried to like, play it back, but like looped in against Everton, I think. Like, what, 2000? Decanio was manager for us. That's how long ago it was. 2013 or something. But yeah, very odd. But back to more of, of the game. You mentioned at the start, Mickey, Tom Flanagan for you. I thought him and Jordan Willis today absolutely fantastic especially second half where again let's go back to what Parkinson must have said to them at half time he just let them off the shackles a little bit didn't they Willis was flying forward Flanagan doing similar but the tackle Flanagan made from um, apologies Alex you might be a shed light on on this about 88 minutes where one of your players went through and Tom Flanagan made a challenge going down down the right hand side I think Caden Jackson then. Yeah. Really great challenge from Tom Flanagan, wasn't it? It was. It was one of them. 
I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I think I did almost celebrate that, like a goal when, when he made the tackle, and that's one of those three points of it being so late in the game. It's, it's just one of them, you're just kind of waiting for the, not necessarily for the net the balls, but you're waiting for someone to get a shot away, and then the ball just goes away from absolutely superb tackle because you've got to time that to like inch perfect, hasn't it? Because if you don't, it's a penalty. And I just thought Flanagan was absolutely excellent throughout. He did what he had to do. His distribution was fine. But I, I love the freedom that Jordan Willis has now in this free at the bat role. Now it's being utilised properly. Again, he was getting forward really well. And at times he was like overlapping the wingers, never mind the kind of midfielders when they got the ball. So it's just great to see the shackles being thrown off him. And he's also really good in the air. And he's just a, as near to a complete set and a half as I think you'll find in League One, Jordan Willis. Exactly, say like at this level, especially, he's he's easy one of the best centre halves in the division. And look at the division now; that win has put us above Ipswich as well. Sorry, Alex, um, it puts us up to sixth um, behind Portsmouth with a game to play. Behind, and we've got games. I think we've got two games. And I had a quick look at the league table. Um, just looking at it now, so we're two points behind Portsmouth with a game in hand, three points behind Coventry with a game in hand, and playing Coventry very soon. We've got two games in hand on Peterborough. Oh, sorry, yes. Sorry, Potter played 28, we played 20, played 29. But Peterborough, we've played two games less than. And we're only four points behind. And Peterborough third. Wickham, we are five points behind. Game in hand. You're looking at that, Matthew, aren't you? It's looking like automatic promotion, especially after a big win, a big potentially seminal win like that. It's on the cards, isn't it? I think I think it is. Uh, I think with the Roch, is it Rochdale on Tuesday? I think it, if you go and win that game in a similar vein to what we did against Lincoln and Wickham, then it, then yeah, like you've got Oxford who seem to have faltered, like recently. You've got them on Saturday. I think the next three games, if you can get seven points from them, yeah, absolutely. Like it's well within, well within, and it's not not out of Ipswich's like thinking either. Like not like. Yeah, probably level on. I think we level on points. So like one, one point, I one think. Point. One point ahead of us now, I think. So are you? What's your feelings, Alex, on automatic promotion for yourselves as well? It's oh, it's difficult. I uh, ten games into the season, we were running away with the league. Yeah. You know, I was going into work telling my friends like, oh, you know, the only two undefeated teams in the division or in the English league is Liverpool and Ipswich Town. Sounds very much like us last season. You're not in the checker trade final by any chance, and then it all comes crumbling down. <laughs> yeah, then the winter hits, and it's a winter of despair, and like, oh no. It's, um, the interesting thing about this league, like, there's lots of teams that have gone on runs, but no one's just run away with it. Like, over Christmas, it was Wickham, and Wickham were, like, storming it, and then they faltered. Um, and now Rotherham are storming it, and I'm kind of waiting for them maybe the next couple of months. Like, they started to hit a rough patch. So, it, it's going to be massively tight. Um, and I think, you know, coming to the last day of the season, the team that's six could end up seconds. You never know. But, yeah, I agree. Well, we played Rotherham last game of the season. So. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah, I'm kind of just hoping that could be an, a nice day where we we both like need maybe a win to win the league, and we just have to like. Oh, even if that happened, we'd finish tenth, <laughs> yeah, like Southend last season. Like everyone just mortal. Um, oh, great fun that though. But it just feels, doesn't it, quite big that win, doesn't it, Mickey? And like Matthew was saying, we we go into that Rochdale game. Like let's not take anything for granted, but. If you want to go up automatically, you need to win that game and you need to win it convincingly. And it'll take the pressure off the Oxford game and four points out of those next two. 
absolutely fine. Maybe playing a bit of catch-up, so yeah, maybe you do need to be a bit more to do a bit more. But that just gives you such a boost, doesn't it? It was absolutely vital we got the win today, particularly after the disappointing display against Doncaster and then obviously the defeat and poor performance against Pompey. It was absolutely vital because Ipswich is symbolic in more than one way. Not only have we got the three points, but Ipswich, it's a its a fixture which really belongs in the Championship, isn't it? it even, even though Wickham were top of the league when we beat them, it's still Wickham. I know that sounds a bit disrespectful, but you still don't get the same buzz, do you, when you come out of a game and you've beaten a Wickham or a Shrewsbury or somebody like that. Well, it'd be nice if it could be Shrewsbury, wouldn't it? But, but no, I'd be serious, so it's... It, as I say, it's an absolutely vital win. I think um, the performance as well, second half, was um, excellent, really. And it was what we deserved. And now, like as you say, if you beat Rochdale, suddenly things are looking up again. If we're drawing that game today, I think people would have not been turning on the manager or the players or anything, especially the way we played. But it would have been very frustrating when you go into the Rochdale game with everything stacked against you. And that would have been a lot of pressure. So I'm just really pleased with the win. But we've now got to go and back it up and um, get the win against Rochdale. And then ideally go to Oxford and win. Yeah. And I just hope Phil Parkinson's gone back in the manager's office today, looked at his manager of the month trophy on the wall, poured himself a little glass of whiskey, feet up on the table and just gone, fucking yeah, they were doubting me. And kicked it off the table with his feet and smashed it. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, Brommy trophy, man. He's definitely, bro- he's definitely broken a curse there, isn't he? It's always that case. Manager of the month, you're always going to lose the next game. And, and when we were riding on that, that always happens to Ipswich. We're like, go on, it's got going our favour for once. And no, no, it didn't. <laughs> kind of, I'm not going to lie, Alex. I'm very glad it didn't go in your favour today. But things are very much sucking up. We've got a big game against Rochdale. And let's just have one final word for a lovely performance from Kyle Lafferty. Just coming on and just, like, just bullying his way through. Doing really well for the goal. You love that, don't you? He's good, isn't he, though? Like, he's, like, he's really good. <laughs> like, he's just really good. Like, he's, like, cl- like really classy. Like, he's, he's, he's a level above this. And he is, like, a bit of a shit as well. Like, he was, like, the centre... Uh, it was the centre-half who was wearing the mask for, for Ipswich Alley. Yeah, they had a bit, of a, a bit of a shoving match, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, Lafferty, like, he... sees that and he's just, like, he loves that, doesn't he? Like... Yeah, just like Maguire. Exactly. He is. Now you probably see them tonight in Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. On that as well, I might have to begrudgingly praise Phil Parkinson's substitutions. No, he did. He got it right. Yeah. Which is, I mean, again, I'm kind of praised him in hindsight because when he made the subs, I thought he'd left it too late again and they weren't potentially the subs I'd have made. But actually, Charlie White, I thought, played a lot better than having Lafferty up front with him. I think, as I say, White grew in yeah. the game and... Um, yeah, Lafferty obviously lovely little layoff touchdown for Chris McGuire's goal, so fair play to Parkinson. Yeah, me, Abram and uh, Craig of Wiseman Say podcast um, walking back um, after the game, and we said we said the same thing about wondering had he left it too late. I would have. I was thinking half time, let's give it ten minutes and have Lafferty on, but Wyke sort of like with the rest of the team playing better, with the likes of like Dobson pushing on a little bit more, looked a bit more comfortable, and then. When you saw Lafferty won't you're like, well, so it's obviously gonna be it's obviously gonna be White coming on, but it worked really well the two of them and I think the more I think about that result, the more praise goes to the manager today. And I know it's what we started with, but I don't think it can be emphasized enough and I'm just feeling quite positive now. He must make some changes for the game against Rochdale on Tuesday. Well, let's worry about that later, Mickey. That's for Monday's podcast. That's for the dad's podcast, man. I do have one gripe, though. I'm concerned that the rugby's on the television. Yeah. 
that's why we have like renditions of Sweet Caroline and all that nonsense because the pubs are infiltrated well, by Tories. Well, be before they start like pissing and shitting in pint glass and making their mates drink them, we'll wrap we'll wrap it up there. Um, thanks for listening. Back on Monday. There's still tickets available for Oxford for the Redden pre-show um, thing. So yeah, make sure you. There's only about 20, 15 tickets left. Like, summer, etc., etc. Yeah, from the terraces. Um, oh, we do have to book a peacock. That's already happened. Peacock's happened earlier, so if you went, great. Thanks. Nice time, but thanks get your tickets. Wisemansay.co.uk. And thanks for Alex very graciously for coming on as well. No, Hopefully. Thanks so much for having me and not shoving it in my face so much. <laughs> yeah. so. I was expecting a lot worse. We would never do that. <laughs> we would have if you weren't here. Yeah. But, like, we are usually very abusive to the opposition on the reaction pod because we had a few beers, but. We're, 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 from a club, aren't we? So. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's usually like Wickham or something like that. Like most of them in this division. Yeah. So thank you guys for coming on and thanks for listening. Onwards to Rochdale.